Hi, I'm Sharon Volman, Editorial Director of ISE. Welcome to Behind the Solutions Podcast. Thanks for joining us as we talk with the leaders and doers behind the telecom networks. Learn why our guests are passionate about creating innovative solutions and sometimes surprised at what they learn about themselves and others along the way. Tom McGuire brings more than four decades of telecommunications experience to Brightspeed. Starting as a field technician, Tom built his career from the ground up. As Chief Operating Officer at Brightspeed, Tom is responsible for ensuring Brightspeed's operations team leverages state-of-the-art technology to deliver on the company's promise to provide best-in-class customer service and a faster, more reliable network across the company's footprint. Prior to Brightspeed, Tom served as Senior Vice President of National Operations Support at Verizon, where he was responsible for the processes and the systems of one of the nation's largest operations teams, consisting of more than 35,000 field technicians, as well as engineering and network operations teams. Under his leadership, Verizon improved overall customer satisfaction and reduced operational expenses by delivering significant operations automation, much of which was patented. Headquartered in Charlotte, North Carolina, and with assets and associated operations in 20 states, Brightspeed provides broadband and telecom services through a network capable of serving more than 6.5 million homes and businesses. Brightspeed's vision is to promote a world where people and businesses have access to the connectivity they need to accomplish what is really important. The company's 4,000 employees are committed to bridging the digital divide by deploying a state-of-the-art fiber network and a customer experience that makes staying connected simple and seamless. For more information, please visit brightspeed.com. Tom, with Brightspeed now offering fiber internet in six states, your team has been very busy. So how are things going? Things are going great. That is wonderful to hear, but surely you hit some obstacles, right? So share a few of those obstacles related to serving the geographically challenged and or underserved or both. The way I look at the build, I mean, there, I consider that there's some a couple of critical success factors, and 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 these things are the tip of a, a much larger iceberg, if you will, of issues that that we need to overcome. But essentially, just it, it, to me, it's it's a simple set of ingredients. Do we have the materials we need to complete the work? Do we have the partnerships in the outside plant world in order to build the network we want to build? Uh, we didn't pick up a lot of outside plant talent when we completed the transaction. It just wasn't there. Uh, and it's difficult to stand up that sort of function inside. So we're relying on some key partners that have been very good to work with. Do we have the technicians to do installations? And one of the things that kind of sticks out in my mind is, do we have the permissions we need? And I, I, I put a couple of things into that that category. And whether it's permits, um, whether it's pole attachments, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of interesting. We've run into a bit of a dynamic where we have a lot of broadband offices that are, are champions of ours. They know what we want to do in terms of um, delivering high-speed capabilities to customers. And then you have some local rules, which, you know, quite frankly, have been in place for decades. And and they're not geared towards getting things done quickly. It's a bit of an eye-opening experience. Our architecture is is 
geared towards doing things fast. Mm -hmm. And um, we've run into permitting processes that can take months. And, you know, in many instances, you have permitting processes that not only exist on a local level, but they roll all the way up to a state level. Mm -hmm. And so depending on where I happen to be building, um, I may need local permits, county permits, state permits. And um, some of that could be a little bit cumbersome. I know I've actually talked to some folks at uh, NTIA about this in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, in a previous career, some of us actually worked with areas. I'll, I'll just characterize uh, or categorize, you know, instead of saying a city or town or whatever, we've worked with these um, locations to develop blanket permits. Um, we've come up with a couple of suggestions on how we may help with the permitting process. As you can imagine, a lot of governments don't have tons of people sitting around waiting for folks to file permits or permit requests. So uh, I, I understand it could be a little bit taxing on those organizations. And we're trying to come up with some sort of creative solutions. You know, at the end of the day, we keep reminding folks that if we go out and break something, you know, we we are a responsible organization. We'll take care of that. And we're willing to stipulate to that. But it's, you know, right now, if I look at the long pole in the tent, granted, we did have some material issues in the beginning um, you know, some of the supply chain stuff, we try mm-hmm. to develop processes and, 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 and different approaches to, uh, to mitigate some of those things. But however, we did run into a couple of weird things, but those are kind of in our rear view mirror at this point, we have good partners, we have, we have about 70% of our techs trained on fiber at this point. And it's the, I think the long pole in the tent may fall into that permissions category. So it's something we're watching carefully. It makes sense. Makes sense. You know, part of this podcast is not just about the business challenges, but the those old soft skills and emotional intelligence and how that relates to succeeding. So as you work through some of these obstacles, what have you learned about Tom McGuire and others that you work with that's really surprised you? I learned that I am one lucky individual. Um, <laughs> the uh, Some folks may accuse us of building a team of ringers, but, you know, there's no law that says we can't. The people I I have in my team, generally speaking, are some of the best in the industry when it comes to things like this. Our partners have been really good. So I I consider myself to be very fortunate. I learned, you know, that's something I wake up every day and I appreciate that fact. You know, I've been in the business for a long time. I told somebody I, I, when I, when I first went into college many years ago, I started working in the industry. So I was at the tail end of the seventies all the way through today. And that's, that's a lot of fingers when you start counting which is remarkable given the fact that I'm only 34 years old. I but know. Anyway, I, I guess I worked a lot of overtime in that <laughs> in those early days. So I've always, I've talked uh, in the past about like the whole spirit of service thing, um, which kind of harkens back to an old picture of Angus McDonald um, that many in the industry might resonate with. The guy in the snowshoes that's standing out there. And I, to me, that's a very symbolic, I guess, representation of the industry and the people that work in the industry Time and again, I've marveled at how well people deliver when when they have a, a particular focus. And so I've learned that a lot of people continue to have that today. And I think that that's excellent. You know, the folks that I, I work with, whether inside the company or outside the company, know what needs to be done. And, you know, they're rather creative when it comes to, to some of the solutions that are out there. I'm amazed every single day the way we're able to face different issues and come up with a solution that is somewhat creative. Can you give me your favorite example? 
we ran into a particular piece of equipment that the OEM ran into some production difficulties. I'm not going to get into the detail. Of oh, gosh, no. So um, even though I'd love to, but anyway. <laughs> this is a clean a show, Tom. Yes, I know. I'm trying my best. <laughs> the uh, But the team within a matter of hours came up with an alternative solution and, um, and, and implemented that solution. And so um, what could have been, you know, a, a pretty large obstacle turned out to be, it was still an obstacle, but we had a solution in place within a matter of days. And so, you know, I, I, I can't get into much more detail because then you'll easily figure out who I'm talking about, but um, it's just that sort of thing. There's a lot of systems issues that we're looking at. I mean, one of the, one of the real outstanding stories of this whole process is the work that we're doing with IQGO. I'm, I'm very impressed by those guys. And, you know, we've run into... Um, like we're using a new architecture that I don't think there's many companies, or at least not the scale that we're looking at, or we're talking about that have used some of the, the newer um, products that we're using. And IQGO has come up with some, working with uh, Craig Krams on our team, for example, have come up with great solutions. Some of the stuff that Sherry Hessenthaler and her, her entire team, Alex Martinez, and, you know, other people that uh, Demi Santos. That if they've just come up with solutions, Bobby Walters, I shouldn't name anybody because I, I don't want to not name somebody. I get you. But these guys, they're just, the creativity that they bring to the table, I think is just, it, it, it's pretty, it's pretty impressive. That's, that's fantastic. And that really is the the name of the game, isn't it? If we just get mm -hmm. stuck in the obstacles, we don't get anything done. No, every day. And, and people say, oh, that's disappointing. You ran into an obstacle. Well, I mean, if, <laughs> if, it, listen, the way I look at it, if it was easy, anybody would be doing it. And that's, right. you know, we just have the, we have the good fortune of bringing a couple of decades of experience um, to the table. I mean, we were all taught very well by our, our, our previous employers. That's one thing, uh, uh, you know, Chris Lavendo's a uh, friend of mine. He and I, he, he reminds, every now and then I get a text message from Chris that just says we were well-trained. Um, <laughs> and I, I have no idea what issue he's, he's faced with at that time, but no doubt it has, it has a lot to do with the fact that, you know, some of our learnings and earlier experiences have, uh, have positioned us well for anything we face going forward. And uh, that that gratefulness is such a component to professional satisfaction and life satisfaction, right? If you keep finding yep. the things that are wrong with things, you don't uh, appreciate the good things. You have to dedicate your mindset to being grateful and I'll be darned, then more things occur that you're grateful for. Exactly, exactly. I, I don't, it sounds real, rather cliche, yeah. but I, I do see obstacles and problems as opportunities to do things differently. And, uh, you know, I just think it's cool if we could figure out a new way to skin a cat, um, mm -hmm. not, nothing against cats. I like cats, right. but, but I, you know, it's just, to me, one of the most satisfying things is to sit back and I'm, I'm actually staring in my office. I have a couple of uh, us patents over there for things that we, that it's like we invented those things. That's so cool. And then, you know, the coolest thing is to find out, we invented those things. And when I see other people using those, first I question how the hell did they work around the patent? But then once I <laughs> overcome that, because um, I don't have, I don't own the intellectual property, but it's like to see other people using something that, you know, you and your team created, I think is, you know, you, you can't get much more satisfying than that. That's that's really, really cool. So obviously you're, you're a very driven person. You don't retire the retirement if you're not. So what one thing, one thing that motivates you to do what you do 
each morning? Is it relationships? Is it money? Is it success? Is it patents? Is it? It's never been about the money. I like money um, as much as the next guy. I think maybe it does have to do with the relationships and the relationships lead to that. They imply other things. It was, I made a joke the other day. I shouldn't even tell you. Um, we're, we're recognizing Chris Krieger. Chris is going to be moving into more of an advisory role. And so we had our, our kickoff with our senior leader team, anybody that was a director above. And when I got up there it was Bob Mudge, Chris and myself, we called Chris up. And I, I mentioned the fact that I've known Bob for 30 something years at this point. And Chris, I've known for a little bit shorter period of time. And I said, just to put that into context, I, this is my this year is my 40th wedding anniversary. And I said, so, you know, if you frame that out, I've known these guys pretty much as as long as my as I've known my wife. Then I said, you know, and that's that's a big reason I came out of retirement, because I get to I get to hang out and play with the people that, I, you know, I just like to hang out and play with. Um, I, I did say that I didn't mind the money that they were paying me, but I, <laughs> but I give that all to my wife and maybe that's why I'm married for 40 years, but you know, there you go. There you for, go. for some, for some reason, she didn't think that was that funny, but I thought it was hilarious. Well, we also have to give her some kudos because, uh, as you said to me one time that you're very blessed that you have somebody who puts up with you. I can't imagine you they, she'd have to put up with you, but. No, I, it goes well beyond that. She, I mean, you know, we made a decision a long time ago. Um, actually, my my oldest son is is uh, coming down uh, to tomorrow with his, my two grandkids, my Aww. two new grandkids. Um, but I as I look at, at my, you know, I have three kids and they're not kids anymore but i mean a lot of what they've been able to accomplish i mean i, I spend a lot of time at work as you can imagine so a lot of uh, pretty much all the goodness that i see in them <laughs> is a direct result of whatever my wife is you know kind of how she led them down the right path so well, well we'll give you both credit how about that i'll still give it to her just in case she's that. listening I, I do i respect that word it takes a team right it's like you know i can only do what i do if somebody else helps me do the other stuff, so. Okay, so then let's leap back into network operations and such, which requires a big, big old team. Yep. The talent sh shortage, how has it impacted what you're doing? Well, you know, I explained a little bit earlier. We definitely brought a couple of ringers in and some people joined the team who, you know, just knew what we wanted to do and, mm -hmm. And kind of saw the excitement associated with that, but it's not all. It's not all been easy. There's, you know, I kind of think about this, and when I when people ask me about like federal subsidy or state subsidy, I think a lot of it has. I, I think we really need to pay attention to the whole education process as it relates to this particular industry. It's kind of funny. I mean, I've been on plenty of video conference calls, and the people look a lot more like me than they do look like my kids. And that scares me a little bit because, you know, technology is moving ahead at a breakneck pace. And I think, you know, I know there's a lot of great people that are working in places like, you know, Silicon Valley or whatever that are, are focusing on, on like some of the cool things that ride on the networks we built. But I think I think we need to do a lot more in, in terms of creating a pool of people that can build those networks, because without these networks, whether they're wireline networks, which I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of... I have a, a a favorite spot in my heart for those, or whether it's a wireless network or whatever. Uh, you know, we need to keep refreshing that talent pool. Um, in particular, I mean, I think about 
roles like network architects and network planners, a lot of people take that kind of stuff for granted that, but you know, you, you need really smart people. And we have a couple of really great people in that, in that regard, but it's not like you could find them hanging on trees, you know, people that understand like, um, Oh, what is some of the, the, the whole number, uh, Lidby or like all that other stuff that goes out there. What is the other thing of CNAM, how that like everything that's associated with how the network operates and how calls are completed, how data moves around. There's not a lot of those people out there, or at least, you know, not that we found. And I, and, and so, you know, people think when I talk to people that like, Oh, you can't get an outside plan tech or alignment, or you, you can't, maybe you can't get somebody good in tech support. It goes even deeper than that because there, there are functions or critical functions that exist in the industry that are like so far into the weeds, but so important that yeah. people may not even know that they exist. And so I think we need to start thinking like, how do you, you know, it may not be uh, the sexiest job in the world, but it's something that's important. And how do we go out and, and create programs um, that could better position us on a going forward basis? It's just not all about that fancy cable we're hanging out. It, it goes a lot deeper. Exactly. That's um, one of the things I keep hearing time and time again, you know, is that it does run deep. And then the attraction of the IT world is so great. It's our telecom IT net DevOps stuff isn't quite as sexy. No, no. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of players that are out there in the field. But I mean, it doesn't, you know, when I think about how many IT firms that like even, you know, the thing that I marvel at is in LinkedIn, how many people come to me as if as if I have something to do with IT. I'm a customer of the IT organization. And people are always asking me about like they're pitching something to me. And but on on the telecom side, I get some guys are pitching to me from um, from an operations perspective mm -hmm. uh, and some people from an engineering perspective. But I don't. You know, some of these other things, not so much. And but it's it, it all just... intertwined, as you you know, obviously, you know. Yep, yep. Thank you so much. Well, this this speaks to talent and processes as well. Yep. The, I know you have a lot of people who agree with you about things, and then there are some that may disagree with you. But what's the one thing almost everyone disagrees with you about and why? I'm going to have to look backwards about that a little bit. Okay. Um, and this is a really unique situation that we're in now with Brightspeed because we've been through some of those steps. We've been through some of those growing pains. We've been through situations where we kind of, you know, banged each other's heads and, and came out with a solution. Um, so there's not a lot of dissent. I mean, there was some trepidation, if you will, when it came to like using a GIS-based engineering platform. Okay, yeah people not vehemently disagreeing with me, but, you know, there's always that cautious optimism, if you will, or that just that, you know, that just a little bit of that question in the back of somebody's mind. But, but as I think back, I mean, one of the things that I think people really kind of um, question my sanity about was the whole notion of allowing customers to do more of their own work. I, I just remember getting into shouting matches with people about this. We've hit some great topics. I want to dive a little bit into what's in Tom's head. Um, one of the greatest questions or thoughts that I've been asked is about failure. And it's not really a question. Will you talk about failure, please? Somebody said at one point, if you're not failing, you're not trying. 
There's a lot of things I've heard. If you're going to fail, fail fast, fail right. often. What do you integrate? What's really meaningful to you? And how does it relate to leading a team and such? I mean, that's inevitable. If you're, if you're trying to do something new, I, I, I can't think of any example where anybody would come out of the gate and hit a home run all the time. It, it just That just doesn't happen. I think failure is like how you innovate. I think that's how, like everything that we do, everything that we touch is tied back to some sort of failure of some sort. So if you fail and then you just like kind of crawl off into the corner and sit there, that's the real failure. The fa real failure is that you didn't pick yourself up and go out and try it again. Yeah. I mean, it's, so listen, I'm sure I failed at a lot of things. I'll tell you, I was a biology major. All right. When I was in college, I wanted to be a doctor. I think I turned out okay. Right. <laughs> yes, I'm not a doctor. I play one on TV, but it's, you know, it's like, okay, you, you try to walk down that path. If it doesn't work, I mean, what do you do? You crawl up in a ball and sit there. That's just not acceptable to me. But if you try and you mess up, it's like, okay, then go try something else. Don't dwell on the bad parts. You know, I don't consider myself to be an optimist. I don't consider myself to be a pessimist. I, I think more, I'm more of a realist. But it's like, okay, what went wrong? I mean, we do this after every major endeavor we, we undertake. Even as we're rolling out fiber, it's kind of interesting. We use Teams. And we started a program we called the Tech Ambassador Group. And so we have technicians that have been identified by their peers and their bosses. Who And I'm in this chat all day long. It's a Teams chat. Once a week, we meet with these techs. We have a couple of different time zones, so we have a couple of different groups. And we sit down and talk to them. Okay, tell us what's wrong. Tell us we could do better. I clearly don't know everything there is to, to, to know about what it is that we do. So I firmly believe that the people actually do the work, have a good grasp of whatever is good or whatever is bad. And so we talk to them. And even yesterday, I'm in this chat all day long. It's It's not like I camp out in it but it's just running in the background. Yeah, yeah. And so it's it's like a stream of consciousness type of thing. <laughs> and every day the texts are like, well, you know, why are we doing this? And I'm like, well, I thought that was a good idea. Well, that's stupid. Okay. My team doesn't have any heirs, I guess is a, for lack of a better word, to think that we're the smartest people in the room. Yeah, I saw a, a line in a movie the old day. They were talking to somebody and they said, what do you think about this person? They said, well, they're smart. And the guy said, well, they're all, we're all smart. You know, we are all smart. But none of us know everything. Right. And so, you know, go ask the other people that deal with stuff. Because if you're if you're stupid enough to think whatever it is that you invented is the end state and the best that it could ever be, no. Oh, my God, that's awesome. Okay, so I've known you for quite some time. You are a realist and you are pretty positive and moving forward from obstacles or hiccups or whatever you want to call them. Is there a dark side to Tom McGuire? You know, it depends on who you talk to. I I happen to think there is. I mean, I I'm, I, I have enough self-realization to recognize the fact that I, I'm a hell of a lot more mellow today than I was years ago. The fact that, you know, I, I would say the majority of the time at work, I'm not even wearing shoes. I'm hanging out in shorts <laughs> and a t-shirt. I mean, that's, that's a big thing. People say, what's the most remar remarkable thing about the deal? because I never put shoes on. I just kind of <laughs> hang out in my office. But it takes a little bit more to get me there, but I could be, I, I know I could be pretty nasty to people. My wife tells me I usually I usually save that skill for members of my family, <laughs> but um, which may be the case. But I mean, I know I could be a jerk sometimes. And, but at the time when I'm being a jerk, I know 
I know pretty clearly that I'm being a jerk, but my my position is we'll get over it. I remember, I'll tell you a funny story real quick. I was speaking at a group. I had on a wireless mic and there was one guy in the audience. There had to be a couple of hundred people in the room. And this guy, he was just like the one guy that always had to ask obnoxious questions. And so I was in the back of the room. The mic was turned off. Another person who I worked with, who I had a lot of respect for, got up and this guy started badgering this individual. So I got up, I flipped the mic back on, I walked to the front of the room and I said, listen, this is not about badgering people. If you have something to say, We'll deal with it offline. We're not going to tie up everybody else's mornings because you have a particular issue that you want to, you know, champion. So we'll talk about this afterwards. And then I had to hop on a conference call. So I walked out the side door. And as I'm walking down, commenting on this individual, all I hear is this tapping running up behind me as one of our coordinators came running down the hallway to tell me that my mic was on. So I got on my call and I got back in the room and I said, you know, I understand that some of you may have heard me use a bad <laughs> word or two. And I'm like, get over it. That's the way it is. And everybody's like, okay, that was the end of it. So, oh my God, that's an awesome way to end. I want to thank you very, very much for joining us. So it's such a, a true honor to be around you. I learned so much. And audience, thanks so much for joining us. We hope you check out isemag.com for more of our guests in the future. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Thanks for spending time with us today. Learn about the interesting leaders and doers we'll be interviewing in the future by visiting isemag.com and clicking on podcast. Until next time, stay passionate about learning and be good to your teams.